Hey folks, it's Andrew here, just letting you know that we've had a bit of a technical snafu this week, and the audio of our episode with Matt Brady has been lost. Uh, it's a very unfortunate state of affairs, but in its place we are releasing an episode from several weeks ago that we didn't actually get to release at the time, from the week that Chris Lilly performed another embarrassing incident of blackface. Uh, and it was incredibly poorly timed too. So that's what we're talking about this week. Also, this episode is from maybe a week or two before we actually asked Theo to join us as a full-time cast member. So that's why we're talking about him in the weird tense that we are. Please enjoy. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com Welcome to Punta Vista Socialist Club, episode 14. I'm Andrew, and I'm here with Ben McClay. Hello. And very good friend of the show, Theo, a.k.a. Ayn Randy, from Twitter. Hello. Hi, Theo. Hey. It's very nice to have you with us again. Yeah, it's nice to be here. I've just gotten back from the Australasian Comedy Convention, and boy, is my face black. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Oh, the... (laughs) The first ever two-time guest for a reason. <laughs> he brings the goods. Um, I've, I'm back to talk about blackface quite accidentally. <laughs> He's ba- backface. Black, blackface <laughs> to the future. We'll, we'll work this out in post. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. He's, he's, he's black on his bullface. Um, <sighs> so, if you are wondering where, um, where our beloved Lucy Valentine is, she is currently on a plane traveling to the United States, and we have been informed that she has been seated next to a gentleman who is reading the latest Milo Yiannopoulos book. So I'm sure that that flight will possibly work out with her being tased by a, um, a sky marshal. Police will be waiting at the gates for her, <laughs> I assume. Yes, will be immediately turned around and sent home. Uh, so, yeah, Lucy's on her way to Chicago, where I believe Ben will be headed shortly as well. I will. I will be in Chicago in approximately, well, I don't know when this episode comes out. Actually, it comes out on like a Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I will be there in approximately one day, uh, partying with Lucy, (laughs) who I've never met in real life before, but I'm now meeting approximately 15,000 kilometers from home. Oh, I thought you guys had met before. Well, there we go. I thought we had as well, but I've been told that we haven't. So either <laughs> I have misremembered or she's misremembered, uh, but I trust literally anyone's memory over mine because uh, I'm drunk all the time. Drunk a lot of holes into that brain cheese. Oh, well, the holes are already there now. I just filled them with beer so that there's no chance for <laughs> the connective tissue to reattach. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's a very Queensland experience. Mm. You know? It's give you that. eternal sunshine of the, the fully hulled mind. Oh, ah, <laughs> brought that together. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a plan for the end of that uh, when no. I started. Oh. <laughs> so, um, as you may have picked up from the uh, from the start of the show, there, our old friend uh, Chris Lilly is back in the news. Australia's beloved, uh, world's greatest satirist, uh, Chris Lilly. Because- I don't want to say enemy of the show. I don't want to just throw out that label uh, when it's reserved for one person. Uh, but he's can't just give it to anyone. He's not a friend of the show. Mm. I feel comfortable mm. saying that. Chris Lilly is not a friend of the show. 
Yep. Uh, if Chris Lilly wants to contribute $5 a month towards the Patreon, he can then become a friend of the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Reserve the right to give him friend of the show status if he gives us money. Yep. I will then answer his questions and say, oh, yeah, no, Chris, blackface is fine. It's totally good. It's totally good. <laughs> That's Keep that he... five bucks a month coming. No, buddy. $10 a month we say blackface is okay. $5 a month we just don't say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... um. So, I I appeared on a uh, friend's podcast recently, uh, Victor Rodriguez's uh, Bodega Superstar. Shout out, friend of the show, Victor. Mm. And um, check out his show if you care to. It's on the iTunes store. So, I appeared on his show recently and we did touch on the fact that um, Australia seems to have some, some not overly progressive racial attitudes at times. And I alluded to the fact that, um, that it's just distressingly common for Australia to have um, national public discourse about whether or not blackface is okay. Mm. Um, I want to say it's like a quarterly event. It does tend to happen with shocking frequency. I've personally written two blackface is not okay articles uh, in the past, <laughs> both for SBS comedy. I might have written a couple for pedestrian that include lines about why it sucks, which I feel like is something... Theoretically, no one should need to have explained to them, mm. uh, but it keeps happening. Yep. Uh, keeps happening. And, you know, what I appreciate about Chris Lilly in particular is that not only has he been doing uh, blackface or some variation on blackface for the entirety of his career, but I was trying to figure out when I was thinking about this earlier, has he ever actually acknowledged um the discomfort that a lot of people seem to feel about it. I don't feel like I've ever seen him publicly acknowledge it. Well, I was, I was just wondering, because this is not the first time around. It's not even the first time this video has, you know, been mm. at the heart of this controversy, but he, I guess he found a way to make it uh, even worse in context. So that rules. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, around, yep. so what was it, 2011 that we were... A gentle well, time, I think, um, we were first talking mm. about this. Well, this video is from 2009. 2009. And um, I'm sure, because when I, when I Googled this, because you guys were like, oh, Chris Lilly blackface, and I thought, oh, what's, what's new? Um, what's, and what, new? What's, yeah. what's new? And I, and I Googled this and came, up, came out with these, and, you know, I didn't realize that something, that this had been, you know, re-released or, or what have you, and there was a big furor around it you know, when it first came out. So sh surely he must be on record with something. Um, but then to, I don't know, if there's any kind of concession there, to then um, produce this kind of timing, this this sort of this sort of release, um, you know, obviously would flush any kind of previous um, goodwill mm. or at least assumption of... Um, innocence around it um where i mean i don't think australia has ever had that that very strong visceral um reaction to to blackface and i mean you look at the um you know when we spoke spoke last time about um the blackface on hey hey it's saturday it was um mm. uh what's his name harry um harry connick jr, connick jr. Harry connick jr. um who basically stood friend up of, friend of the show friend of the oh, show dear friend of the they, show um, basically stood up and left um, on the show. And, you know, he's, he's an American and he comes from, you know, I think in, in America, while it's, you know, can be a hideously racist place, 
at times there at least is a stigma around this sort of this sort of stuff which i don't think has ever really attached itself in australia i mean Harry Connick Jr. is from New Orleans um, and from a, an incredibly young age has spent his life playing like blues and jazz um, in places around New Orleans and then all around the world. And yeah, so to bring him over and put him on a show like that is just staggering enough. As yeah, in front of an actual minstrel show. Oh, I know. That was the, the, the weirdest thing about it. It, was, it wasn't like ambiguous... I mean, yeah, pseudo ambiguous blackface like Chris Lilly. It was a straight up minstrel show. Yeah, it was. It was flat out like full on gollywog blackface. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of gollywogs, though, I mean, with with the with with our <laughs> attitudes towards towards race, um, you know, it's every other day that someone goes on Twitter and goes, "Hey, this store is totally fucked. They have an entire shelf of gollywogs." Um, I, and I owned a gollywog up until the age of probably ten. I think. I don't know if mum threw it in the bin or set it on fire at some point, but I haven't seen it since then. But uh, it's, it was definitely in the household for a while. Was it ever explained to you how probo this is? No, I don't think it was ever. I, it, was, it wasn't until later in life where I was like, oh, shit, these are bad. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think my parents were ever like, oh, man, we've just realised we gave you a super racist toy, uh, which I... Inexplicably, as a child, decided to name Michael Jackson. Uh, don't huh. I can't <laughs> I can't speak to that. I can't explain why I did the things that I did. All I can say in my defence is that he was my favourite mm. musician as a child, and I assume it was more to do with that than the fact that Michael Jackson is a black man. Well, it was a black man, and then he died. Um. So one of the things that I, I touched on with Vic when I was on his show is that I think that Australia and England have an interesting relationship to blackface and gollywogs and stuff like that because we have kind of received those, you know, cultural artifacts from the States at some point. Without you know, the at, at associated a point, with them. Basically, yeah. So, like, we, we got that stuff at some point, so obviously minstrel shows have been around in Australia and they've been around in the UK for a long time. Um, and, but yeah, so we, we've kind of had those things in our culture for over 50 or 60 or 70 years or whatever, but we don't have the association with, like you said, all the, <laughs> all the trauma that they're related to. And we also don't have a significant part of our population like mm. the States does that is directly affected by that. And I think that, that's part of the reason that a lot of Australians feel like they can just sort of brush it off as like, oh, well, but that's not what our country's about, so it, it's not really offensive here. It doesn't carry the same offence. Mm. Um, and I think if you combine that with... If you combine that with Australia's kind of cultural uh, self-identification as the country that's good at taking a joke... And, you know, that's that's supposed to be, like, the essence of good Australian humour is just just having a laugh. Oh, we're all just having a laugh, you know? Oh, Ben, ben Law that's... did a fantastic tweet about specifically that yesterday, which I, I want to find. Uh, dear friend of the show. Boyfriend <laughs> of the show, I would say, actually. Dear uh, boyfriend of the show. Dear ben boyfriend of the show, Ben Law. But he's talking about how people are saying, oh, you know, Australia used to be able to take a joke, but... It's not that. It's just that we didn't have 
voices to actually be like, mm. hey, this is fucked. Yeah, Which yeah, you just, I know that You tweet. just weren't previously hearing non-white voices about these subjects, yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, here it is. Uh, before you say Australians have lost their sense of humour and we used to find this stuff funny, we didn't. You could just hear non-white people now. Hmm. And, like, yeah, I, th- I think as context for, for like, any, you know, non-Australian listeners of the show um, who may not know who Chris Lilly is or what his deal is, um, he is an Australian um, actor and comedian who came to fame when he made a, a couple of different series. I think his his first and big one was, was it We Can Be we Heroes. We Can Be Heroes? Yeah, which had the yellow face character. Yes, it, so that was a mockumentary series um, that was a, about kind of following around the candidates for these Australian of the Year nominations. And that was, you know, his his first big show. In it, he also played several female characters. And he played um, Ricky Wong, a Chinese man. And that was about as as subtle as you can imagine. Um, he had, a, you know, the, <laughs> the, the black wig and the terrible accent. And that was kind of the whole thing. Um, and from that point, he moved on to do uh, Summer Heights High in which he played, um, uh, you know, several school children and teachers, notably um, uh, Tongan schoolboy Jonah, which was him in blackface. Um, And shockingly, a lot of people are not terribly into that. (laughs) Um, I believe only recently there were a few uh, TV stations in New Zealand that said, we're not playing any of this anymore. We're not playing Summer Heights High or... Jonah from Tonga, because it had a... Of course, it begged for a spin-off TV show that was entirely just the blackface character. Mm. Yeah, and then he went on after that to do a series called Angry Boys. And I think this was around the time that he started getting attention in the States. Like, I, I think one of his shows made it onto HBO. And, um, and yeah, one of the characters in Angry Boy was um, rapper S. Mouse. Um, which is just Chris Lilly in full-on blackface. Like, think think of kind of a slightly lower budget Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder kind of blackface. Mm. Um, although, you know, my my position on blackface is, like, generally speaking, just please don't do it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I can see the merit. I can see, like, the, the potential merit or an argument for performances like Robert Downey Jr.'s in Tropic Thunder or even like they, there's a joke in um, 30 Rock where um, Jane Krakowski's character um, does like head-to-toe blackface because her and um, Tracy Morgan are arguing over who has it harder in America, um, white, white women or black men. And so they both go deep into character, uh, Tracy Morgan in a full-on uh, white chicks kind of kind of get up. But in both of those instances, the entire premise is how stupid the person doing the blackface is, how stupid and insensitive they are. Mm. So while I completely understand if someone, if anyone saw those performances and said, I would still really rather you didn't do this. It's coming from a better place, at least. Yeah, I can more I can more see the merit behind mocking mocking the intentions and the state of mind of someone who thinks it's okay to do. 
Yeah, and I mean that's... And you'll notice... That's specifically what the Robert Downey Jr. character in Tropic Thunder was was doing. You know, he's a guy that thought his work Worth was more important than the fact that he's in blackface, sort of sort of things. Like, you know, I I need mm. to I need to do this. I need to get into this character and do this. And it was self satirizing, of course. And hey, hey, there's there's a very important thing to note about Tropic Thunder. Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Australian. Ah. True. They knew. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and I like also, I mean, knows. it's it's Robert Downey Jr. as well, and and that's sort of our hill that we're dying on is Chris Lilly. Like, yeah, mm. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the the defenders of this like- have this you know great uh, important work to stand behind. Uh, it's just it's just that Chris Lilly likes blacking up, and uh, people think that's funny. Um, he likes. Playing a disruptive Tongan teen so much that he shoe polishes his face for 40 mm. hours a week. I've got this uh, really good quote here from, uh, for some reason, The Vine did an article when uh, that The S Mouse video in question came out, uh, where they just asked a bunch of American rappers what they thought about it, <laughs> mm. uh, which seems... Kind of weird, but there's this great one from uh, amazingly dear friend of the show, Cool AD, who I love more than anything in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And his take on it was, this is dumb. I had to turn it off a couple of minutes in. His accent is bad, which makes the blackface worse. The only time I've seen blackface used in a way that made me think more critically about race is the Spike Lee film Bamboozled. (laughs) Uh, Ice Cube presents Black White was pretty dumb, but I watched every episode. Hoodoo Possession by Guillermo Gomez Pena? Pena had its heart in the right place but was too avant-garde, which is French for white people seem to eat it up. Uh, <laughs> I only saw a few minutes of Tropic Thunder in which the white Robert Downey Jr. plays black man, but it was annoying in that let's see if we can innocuously pull off something traditionally understood to be racist as an edgy statement of how we're over it way. This show seems mm-hmm. like it's similarly whack, but I have even less patience for that type of thing now. I would go into great detail and use a bunch of college words, but I don't have the time to do that anymore unless someone wants to pay me. Maybe Australians would call this <laughs> cheeky or something. As for how it would go in America, who knows what the kids want? Am I right? <laughs> Incredible. Actually, um, yeah, it's it's interesting that he brings up bamboozled because last night I was trying to think of whether or not there has been. Yeah, well, what I was what I was trying to think about is whether there are art forms or previously existing art forms that are now just basically irredeemable. Um, and of course, I was thinking about it in this context hmm. um, because the first thing that comes to mind is blackface. And again, I I can only think of a few examples where they they really sort of walk the line, like um, Tropic Thunder and stuff. Where again, like I said, you can. You can see where it's coming from. I still don't think it's worth it. Um, And I certainly would not presume to tell anybody who has seen that film, oh, but it's not offensive for these reasons. It's it's not offensive because of the following meta context. Um, You know, I would never presume to tell anybody that. The only example I can ever think of is Spike Lee's Bamboozled, which in and of itself is an incredibly confronting film. Um, it's also worth noting that the characters in that film who wear blackface are black themselves. Um, I don't know if either of you guys have seen it, but um, it's it's by far... That movie is by far um, 
probably the most uncomfortable I have been as a white person to watch something. I have not seen um, it. And, oh, and like, and I, I have seen it a bunch of times because it's, it's an amazing movie. It's obviously been shot on a pretty shoestring budget um, and is a bit of a labor of love. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's very interesting. Um, Damon Wayans plays like a, a very um, sort of corny TV exec guy who hates his job and desperately wants to quit, but finds that there is a clause in his contract that says that if he gets fired by them before his contract is up, that he will, you know, keep getting paid for however long afterwards. So he deliberately sets out to create something as in intentionally offensive as possible um, so that he will get sacked and comes up with um, with the uh, the new millennial minstrel show. And he gets two, two um, homeless guys who tap dance for money and he puts them in the full-on coal blackface with the big red lips and everything. And the show is, like, set on a soundstage with a plantation. And, they're, they're like, they're doing full-on minstrel show recreation stuff. Recreation. And, um, and it becomes a huge hit. <laughs> and becomes a massive runaway hit with the American audience. And it becomes this horrible victim of its own success. And, um... But yeah, it's it's really confronting, and but it's it's one of the only things that I have ever seen that yeah, like Cool Idea was saying, actually has something to say about blackface mm. in and of itself, um, and the history and legacy of minstrel performances in the states. And um, I highly recommend it to to anybody who maybe wants to know a bit more about it and and wants to see you know a film where. That is discussed in a very specific context as well. But uh, Chris Lilly's show is not it. Chris Lilly's show is... Chris Lilly wants to do this character, so he's going to do it. Um, you know. Even though... Yeah, my, like, my take on Chris Lilly is that he received so much acclaim for doing his very first show... That he has basically disappeared right up his own ass into this idea that he is a satirist of the absolute highest order mm. and an Australian national treasure, and that he is basically beyond reproach. Yeah, I mean the only thing I've ever seen him say about any of this stuff in an interview was to basically suggest that people who were critical of it just weren't capable of understanding what he was doing. Mm, that's always a strong defense. So as a uh, mm. as an example of, I guess, understanding what he's doing <laughs> with uh, blackface and yellowface, um, I, I don't know that much about We Can Be Heroes, so I've got the wiki page up. Um, I would have seen like an episode, I guess. It's hard to avoid, but um, here we, we go. We watched Rick it in high school English, weirdly. That is hmm. weird. <laughs> <laughs> For any, any particular... Man. yeah. Any particular goal, or was it just one of those days where the teacher had given up and they just wheeled an AV trolley into the room <laughs> to the applause of everyone there? <laughs> I'm honestly not sure, actually. It could have been either one. Again, uh, Harvey Bay's education system, uh, pretty relaxed situation. Uh, <laughs> didn't really ask a lot from us. Okay. Um, Ricky Wong is a 23-year-old physics student he is often exuberant and tells his colleagues that they are in the Wong Laboratory. <clears throat> <sighs> mm. Yep. 
So, but, well, you know, I can I can see why it's worth putting a lot of people through it in that case, if that's the kind of stuff we're getting out of it, <laughs> if that's the sort of contribution to culture. Um, yeah, like I've I've seen We Can Be Heroes and like I, I absolutely see what appeals to people about his performances in the sense that like, yeah, whether he is playing a teenage girl or a middle-aged school teacher or whatever, he genuinely does seem to really like disappear into his performances you know and that kind of like people who play a lot of different characters and play them effectively that's cool it's just i i i really think that he thinks that his ability to do that transcends the sort of inherent offensiveness of saying ah well i can do i can do any race then i can do any whatever but i don't know whether i don't know whether in this in this latest um, scenario whether we can even make that point anymore because what could be gained from the timing of releasing a eight-year-old video about a uh, black man being good hit by a truck thank you my eyes kind of rolled back in my head for a second <laughs> um yeah about a black man being hit by a truck um yeah you know days after uh, you know this court decision in in Australia, I mean, I don't. You you can't you can't claim ignorance then, and you can't claim that. Well, I guess you know we're just we're just you know going through some stereotypes or whatever. This this seems to be actively malicious. Yeah, it, it's uh, unless he's got some sort of like weird rolling schedule on which he posts his old shit, and this just happened to fall <sighs> on the calendar. But like, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, stupider things have happened, like celebrities, you know, putting out their targeted ads after they're dead, sort of thing. So you know, yeah, it 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 might be the case. I don't know, but it's just it's it would be insane to think that that was the case, though. I mean, it opens with like a shot of a dead black boy on the road. Sorry for again. I think we should give a little a little context here again for anybody who's not across this stuff. Um, there was a. Was it Western Australia? Oh, uh, I believe it was Western Australia. Oh. Mm. It's one of those two. <laughs> one of the places we have. Um, yeah, really horrible incident where um, an, an old white guy in his four-wheel drive um, saw a young Aboriginal boy go past on like a, a kid's motorbike. Um, his own kid's motorbike had been stolen recently and he said, I'm going to get that back. And so he... Drove after this young boy in his in his four wheel drive, uh, dangerously close and fast to him. Um, he stated himself in the court case that his intention was to basically knock him off the bike mm. so that he could he could recover it. Um, and then they went around a corner, and the kid just went under his truck, and he killed him. And the whole scenario, everything that got laid out in the court case, it's just impossible to believe that that he could have engaged in the activity that he did without thinking that there was a huge risk of killing that boy. Uh, so he went to court. Um, the prosecution and the judge knocked it down from manslaughter to, like... It's dangerous driving. Yeah, reckless driving occasion, occasioning death, I think. Yeah. And so he wound up getting three years. 
for that and no manslaughter charge um, when a lot of people really believed it should have just been a murder charge. So, yeah, in the wake of this happening, which has caused a lot of hurt for a lot of people and made a lot of people ask many questions yet again about the justice system in particular parts of Australia, um, yeah, Chris Lilly has released on his Facebook page this a remix of one of his own songs titled... You'll have to pardon me here. Squashed nigger. Uh, yeah, which as Ben said, it opens with a shot of a dead black boy on the road. And the conceit of the clip is someone getting run over. And it's happened to come out at a, at a particularly horrible time. Um, yeah, there have been riots Australia-wide, protests, you know, like people are very, understandably, you know, violently upset about this. And I just can't even imagine, yeah, the, the odds of this being a coincidence are very, very small. The thought process that would be behind doing it intentionally seems fucking insane. So Chris Lilly's Facebook page put this thing out, um, and it was also, like, I think on his Twitter and Instagram. Um, people immediately started uh, lashing out at him, including a lot of very prominent Australian Aboriginal entertainers and um, who he then immediately blocked on all of those services rather than engage in any discussion with them about why what he was doing was so upsetting. And I think he like just deactivated his Instagram and Twitter, but he put them back up after a while with a statement, um, which I would not call an apology personally, but a statement saying... Uh, you know, my Facebook page is there for me to put out stuff that my fans like, and we put out a remix of a song from 2009, the implication being, oh, it was from so long ago. It's not even from now, so how can you be offended? It's from 2009. Um, it was not put out to, you know, coincide with anything, any current events, anything that's currently going on. So, I apologize for any hurt caused by the misinterpretation, mm. which to me, to me is absolutely classic. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry you, you didn't got offended. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you got offended because it's totally not my fault. And also, um, I appreciated the overwhelming sort of, um, the overwhelming inference that the only thing that could be taken as offensive about that film clip is the association with what's currently going on in the media, as opposed to the content of the clip itself. Um, which, as as someone pointed out on Twitter, um, I want to say maybe Ket and Joshi, uh, said, yeah, the clip's like a minute and 40 seconds long, <laughs> and Chris Lilly says nigger 14 times. I think it might actually be 18 times uh, hmm. for memory. As he is in I mean, full... But- Full blackface. Wait, you have the entire lyrics memorized. <laughs> yeah, it's my favourite song. I, I can't believe I wasn't upfront about that at the start. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, just, yeah, just such a complete non-acknowledgement that the issue is that Chris Lilly is a prominent white Australian entertainer who makes a bunch of his money from doing, like, consistent blackface performances. Mm. Uh, he just he just won't seemingly won't even acknowledge in any sense that maybe that's kind of what the issue is, not the fact that it came out with unfortunate timing. 
Um, so for that reason, I would like to uh, offer Chris Lilly a great big fuck you. Mm. Uh, you seem like a bit of a piece of shit. Maybe you need a bit of self-awareness. He's on the dookie list. <sighs> he certainly is. I would love to borrow the uh, Your Kickstarter Sucks dookie list theme, which um, makes me makes me laugh uncontrollably <laughs> any time that I hear it. Anyway, if I'm listening to that podcast in public, uh, anyone around or near me will be immediately very worried about my state of mind as soon as the dookie list theme comes up. It makes me enormously happy, and I love it very much. Uh, along with the actual podcast itself. It's great stuff, folks. Yeah, definitely. Friend of the show, the Yorkshire Kickstarter Sucks podcast. There are only two podcasts I actually give money to, and it's this one and that one. So, what wonderful yeah. synchronicity. Thank you for both giving us money for this podcast and doing the labor of appearing on it. Uh, we appreciate it very much. <laughs> yes. You played yes. yourself, bitch. Yeah. Well, my time is not just hmm. worthless. It's uh, it's worth <laughs> less than zero. <laughs> thank you. Pay you're paying to give us your time. That's very good. We'd like to thank you very much. Uh, um, well, look, may maybe we need some kind of uh, equivalent to the Dookie list. Maybe we need a, a Punta Vista... Went to Vista type dookie list just to put Chris Lilly on it because fuck that guy mm -hmm. seriously. He's going in the wheelie bin in there. Yeah, that's, I'm on board with the wheelie bin. Yeah, look, I think that's fair enough. The the Punta Vista wheelie bin of shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, population put one. Chris Lilly in it. Chris uh, Lilly. Population one. I think the uh, theme tune is just a six pack being thrown in there. <laughs> oh, actually, you know that. I don't know if you've ever lived near a bar in your life, but the sound of uh, the glass bin being emptied yes. into a dumpster at the end of the night. Yes. The loudest, yep. most ear-piercing sound in the world. It should be that. The fucking, there's a bar across the road from my house that does that generally about one in the morning. So if I've fallen to sleep at a reasonable time, it's like the sound oh, of a thousand ghosts screaming at the same time for like half a second. Uh, lovely thing to be woken up by. Because by the time you're awake, hmm. you've already just caught the tail end of the sound. It's a... Uh, wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, let's put that in the podcast, the highest volume we can. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, well, population one, Chris Lilly. Mm. I'd like to put him in the wheelie bin and roll him down a street. <laughs> roll him down a steep hill. Wait, are we rolling it on its wheels or are we putting it on its side and rolling it down so he's getting shaken up inside? No, on its wheels so it starts moving too fast and then falls over with him in it. Oh, all right. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, one other mm. thing I'd like to note, as a lot of people observed about all this, is all the papers covering it saying that he had been accused of blackface. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It seems like he did blackface. Like, his, he blacked his face, pretending to be mm. a black person, uh, performing basically a song and dance, no less. I don't really think it's an accusation. Unless you're, like, calling into question the subjectivity of, like, sensory perception and maybe we just imagine that he did blackface it's pretty clear that he did well maybe i don't know maybe the australian media is so um not with it as we would probably all suggest anyway that uh maybe they think it's only like the al jolson solid boot polish circle of blackface that can be blackface as opposed oh, so to if you've say, got, like uh, a white but... neck then you're in mm. trouble but... yeah yeah. As long as long as the illusion is seamless, then 
then the Australian media doesn't mind. Is it just a question of tackiness? It's a question of budget. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And like, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Every time it happens, I'm just like, what more is there even to say about it? I don't know, but what I'm, more? I'm glad we spoke about it for half an hour to end up with you saying that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, like, I, I mean, specifically the part where the Australian media goes, hmm. Is blackface bad? And then, like, three quarters of the people commenting on the article go, Oh, we're just having a bit of a joke. Remember back in the good old days when you could say this kind of stuff without everybody getting all mad about it? Back in the past when everything was super racist. Yeah, I loved that time. That was great. Yeah. Interracial marriage sucks! Yeah. Yeah. Se segregation. Oh. Awesome. I would highly recommend as well that uh, if you find yourself with seven to ten minutes reading time, you read the following article on Junkie from Patrick Marlborough, friend of the show. Uh, yeah, so I was going to recommend that one. Well, I Shout did. out, Patrick. So, fuck you. Uh, why Australia won't face up to a problem like Chris Lilly. I'm not going to read the URL for you. You can simply Google that headline. We will link to it in the show's description. No, you can do that too. I, I will, because I care even more than you do. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I introduced the idea of the article onto the show, so really... Any linking we do is owned by me. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just it's just bad. It's bad and dumb, and um, and I don't know why it needs to keep being a conversation, and I don't know why people. I don't know. It's like it's just the same as the whole um. You know, hey, rappers can say the N-word. It's the Andrew Bolt, rappers can say the N-word, why can't I? Um, piece over and over again, where it seems like for a lot of white people, the thing that turns this all into such an issue is that you were just asked to please try and refrain from doing one thing. Well, two things, if you want to count. Blackface. But yeah, just it's just like, hey, here's here's these really minor things that you pretty much have to go out of your way to do. Uh, if you could not do them, that'd be yeah, really cool. And in exchange, Apparently, we will institutionally pay you more. Uh, you'll live longer. <laughs> uh, you'll proportionally go to jail less for the same crimes. Mm -hmm. Just, just don't. Just you got to quit your job at the racism factory. Yeah. And apparently being asked to do that um, starts a raging fire that, inside the brain. That is the real racism. Of a lot of people. Yes. Yes, exactly. Being a... Well, I mean, that is that is literally Andrew Bolt's angle on it is... Ah, well, you're, you're telling me that just because of the colour of my skin, I'm not allowed to say a word that other people are allowed to say because of the colour of their skin. Doesn't that sound like racism to and you? once I was called Cracker. <laughs> mm. They called me Mayonnaise the most... Boy. <laughs> they called me... <laughs> the most... Uh, we all know that the most hurtful discrimination of all is against people like us. White guys. Oh, actually, that's... Uh, someone called me... Someone called me a Cracker. Someone called me a Cracker-ass Cracker. Very, and I haven't recovered. Very topical uh, this week. Uh, friend of the show and friend of me in real life... Uh, Dale Kelleher, who was running as a, a Greens candidate oh, yeah. uh, in Brisbane mm. this week, uh, made a very innocuous tweet about how she is running for the seat of Clayfield against two old white men and has been receiving a series of threats uh, from hundreds of angry pants pissers 
but just completely incoherent about how, oh, you know, the Greens say you can't use language like that. You can't categorize people. Well, this comes back to like the same, the same kind of thing that um that drives me nuts about a lot of uh, weird conservatives and nationalists and stuff, which is that they seem to think that if you just use the same language that people from the left use, that they will be forced to then accept like the the nature or the premise of their argument. Yes. And the perfect example was one of the guys who was replying to her on Twitter and saying. Oh, I thought that you were going to be, you know, a, a thoughtful voice for an inclusive society, but here you are saying this stuff. And I go and look at this dude's posts on Twitter, and they are all, like, almost uniformly are all ragingly um, Islamophobic uh, tweets and retweets of, like, like full-on um, full militant white nationalist stuff out of the UK videos of like this paramilitary white nationalist organization walking through the street holding giant crucifixes in an attempt to publicly offend Muslims. It's absolutely the most infuriating thing. Like they 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 think it's this most ingenious device and you spend about five seconds <laughs> researching to find that of course they're not making an argument in good faith. Right, um, but they mm. dearly want to make, want to draw you into an argument in bad faith, just so that they can got you, you and turn yeah the left's language back on itself to make a totally nonsensical um, thought. And you uniformly, you just have to walk away from these conversations because nothing good can come of them. There, no, there no. are there is the ignorant. Um, there are ignorant people that can be, you know talk to a lot of people don't choose to you know have the context um that their behavior kind of comes with but these people are, are well aware they are absolutely um aware of um what what it is that they're trying to do uh and it is mm. pointless it is absolutely pointless to um to discuss anything anything with them this is the this is where the politics of the polite fails this is where you know mm. the <clears throat> you know the civility discourse, civility discourse yeah. fails horrendously because because they are not going to have a civil discourse. The internet is their shitting ground, and they are here to shit. Um, so, yeah. And it covers it covers any topic. You know, it's Islamophobia, is racism, it's it's climate denialism, um, it's class, uh, all of all of these things, they, they all come with the same caveat that you are not going to have a decent conversation about this. So don't bother. Don't read the comments. Don't comment. Log off. Walk mm. away from your computer. Enjoy uh, a new life as a monk on a Cook an egg for well, well, your well, life. I, I did take a little, I did take a little time out to um, insult that gentleman for a while. <laughs> Oh, I gave about four hours of my life the other day senselessly to the people that were commenting on her her post, uh, which made me angry and sad, and it was mm -hmm. completely fruitless, and I wish I could get that time back. Uh, but I will do it again. Lord help me, I will return to my bullshit. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it's yeah. sometimes you do have to defend, you know, I mean, Dale is an actual angel. Uh, it is mm. impossible to imagine being angry at her, and yet here people are, so, yeah. It's it's just a depressing state all around. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to try and have some guests on over the coming weeks uh, to maybe try and 
help give people some ideas of how to actually organize in real life for this stuff a bit better because yeah as Theo's just said arguing with people who are not even remotely approaching anything in good faith online is a great big waste of all of our time and we're all guilty of it yeah uh, Ben the most yes uh, <laughs> Ben I, is the most guilty I'm the maddest online always uh because I'm a child mm. and I can't let things go because I'm a fucking idiot who doesn't value his own time. Yep. I, I too, am perpetually afflicted with not wanting to let someone, no matter how idiotic and virulent they are, get the last word mm. in a conversation with me. I can't, I can't stop myself sometimes, although I, I, I really try to steer away from it where I can because you can just feel it just poisoning that little bit inside of you, can't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I, I replied to a... Kekistani um, uh, electrical engineer in Australia. He's actually quite a prominent um, Twitter personality. You you probably have already run into him, um, an absolute shithead um, about you know climate climate denialism. Um, and I tweeted something you know something along the lines of well you know the facts don't agree with that or you know some, something um, because you know of course Twitter is not the place to make a reasoned referenced argument uh, as the place to trade insults. And then, of course, he came back with something uh, much, much worse. Uh, and this was at like a family dinner. And I think I was just distracted and annoyed the whole time. Um, mm. it, um, it kind of furthers uh, people's opinion that Twitter is ruining my life. Uh, and they are correct. Um, because, mm. it, yeah, mm. like you said, it just poisons you, uh, makes you mad. And, of course, they have no skin in the game. They have absolutely no yes. skin in the yeah. game. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to them more than just winning an argument. Um, well, I, that's the problem with a lot of the, the right-wing stuff. A lot of the alt-right sort of stuff is that many of the, of the, <laughs> the intellectual leaders of those <laughs> kinds of movements... They, their entire thing is just about just getting people whipped up. It doesn't have to have any semblance to or relation to reality. It doesn't have to have any relation to facts or anything like that. Sounds so, like you're I mean, bloody Paul... describing uh, President Trump over there. Oh. Huh. I call oh. him President Trump. <laughs> you know what? I, every time I look at, if, I, um, if, I'm in the, if I'm in town and the circus has come to town, I look at circus and I say, what is that? Is that bloody politics? Is mm. uh, mm. I think got a tent full of Congress. Uh. <laughs> but I see the man who's he's got the painted face on, uh, and he's he's got a bucket of water, and his his pants fall down, and another guy uh, tips the bucket of water onto his head. I think that's President Trump. Mm. Is that good? Hey, quick question. Is that a good joke? Quick question for our. <laughs> it was terrific. <laughs> quick you. question for our Australian listeners. Um, have you heard about this Donald Trump guy? Have you, have you heard about this guy? He's a some sort of orange president man. Hmm. It's wild. It's out of control. It's... Oh, actually, can I can I localize um, this joke for our Australian listeners? Sure. He's like some sort of he's like some sort of cheesel man. Oh, oh so you oh. because people call him uh, cheese it cheeses? No, well, people Cheetos. People say Cheetos. 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 Don't we have Cheetos as well? Yeah. Or am I just, is that just yeah. cultural osmosis? I just hear so many people saying... Che no, we Cheetos. absolutely have Cheetos here. No. We have um we have Cheetos with Chester Cheetah on the package. They're the, they're the 
cheese and bacon ones, right? The little balls. Little yep. balls. Oh, cheese man. and bacon balls. Those fucking rule. I'm not even going to check if they have real bacon in them so I can continue to eat them because they are fucking mm. the tippy top. They're like a tasty, crispy sponge. But um, I, I have been annihilating some, some boxes of, of cheesels lately. And like a lot of things, better in a cardboard box. Who can explain it? Not me. Oh, you're a boxman. You're a boxman over a bagman. Mm. I'm a boxman. Mm. I don't have a preference. I like a bag. I like the visceral feeling of uh, holding a bag and dipping my hand into it. Oh, look, that's good. But I'm also going to say, for example, like, um, you know, if you ever get... You ever had, like, um, the, the Maltesers or M&Ms or whatever in the, in the cardboard box, like you get at the cinema sometimes? Oh, I like those ones. Just feels like a nice little treat, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> it, feels like you're, it feels like you're having your Maltesers in a formal setting. Shout out to any of the brands we just mentioned. Um, yeah. If you'd like to send us some money to continue talking about cardboard ensconced snacks. Man, you know those really big boxes of Maltesers you can get? Oh, the buckets. Send me a mm-hmm. bucket of Maltesers, please. Yeah. I'll take one there. All right. We'll try and get that out there. Uh, should we take some questions? Uh, C. Hmm, correct it. Go over, go over to the mailbag. Um, we've got about 600 questions for Theo about his wife and eggs. Please, no, and no, we I'm... will ask all of them. <laughs> There's nothing funny to be said. <laughs> no. All right. Well, how about this one? Um, Are you talking about show... your tweets? Oh. Yes. Oh, oh. Boom. Uh, You're right. Friend of the show, Kieran Morrissey, asks, Who would cook the best egg? Turnbull, uh, Tony Abbott, Gillard, Rudd, Howard, Keating, or Hawk? It's a very long list. I'm going to say right off the bat that Tone would cook the worst one because he would just eat it raw. <laughs> oh. Shell and all. Bloody, you should tweet that and hashtag it Ozpol. The boomers will go wild. They will love it. it. I reckon Rudd. Love it. Just because it's an easy mental image for me to picture him at 2am frying a single egg in a very small frying pan angrily. Yeah. I just yep. very, like, I can see that in my mind's eye very easily. Yeah, no, I, I kind of... I think you're the, right. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel like Howard could cook his own egg. Oh, absolutely not. No. He'd, nope. he'd wake up his, his, uh, his poor wife. You remember how he said that thing about how he doesn't believe that... Uh, uh, he decided to weigh in on female ejaculation... <laughs> yes. Um, Why did this happen? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, so from a quote from Crikey, uh, some fetishes used to be allowed within the X classification. It is my understanding that under John Howard as Prime Minister, the X classification was restricted in particular because the Prime Minister was deeply offended by the idea of water sports and female ejaculation. In fact, he claims that female ejaculation was not a true thing. Hmm. I wonder if he was confusing it with the female orgasm, which we all know is a myth. Well, he's not had sex, so obviously uh, <laughs> we can't expect him to know everything about it if he hasn't mm. tried. It's not, that wouldn't be fair of us. Look, the other possibility is that um, John Howard is deeply, deeply into um, squirting uh, and all that kind of jazz, but he doesn't want to let on. Oh, he's covering up. No, he's, he's, he's stopping. Maybe he's like, I, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that is. He, uh, he stops them all at the border. Uh, customs will will uh, confiscate all of those videos. They all go in a box that they don't know about, and they get shipped off to whatever he, wherever it is he lives. Mm. A big old pile of yeah. them. Oh, I just got to inspect these before they go any further, you know. 
Well, I think yeah, we answered well, that question. He's doing it. Um, well, <laughs> so so he's he's cooking the worst egg. I think Ryder's definitely cooking the best egg. I think he went to night classes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. After he um, you know, lost the prime ministership, he had something to fill the time. He's going to some sad little night classes. Um, he's branching out, learning Korean, um, and learning how to cook. Oh wait, wait! I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Mm. It's Rudd, but he's really obnoxious about cooking um, yes. cooking eggs in a very legitimate Chinese style. <laughs> he strictly does. It's Rudd, um, but he's thousand year eggs. Chinese omelets. Yeah. Is, what, yeah. is that what they are? Yeah. What are yes, they? yes. It's Rudd making thousand year eggs. Yes. That's it. That's who makes the best egg. Mm. Um, but he's a real dick about yeah. it. Oh yeah, he's definitely angrily abused at least one person about eggs. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got another question here from friend of the show, Tim Bennett. Uh, is blackface okay if I'm dressing up as Chris Lilly? And the answer is uh, no. Get a, yeah. Twofold. Twofold. Don't do blackface, and also uh, don't don't give Chris Lilly any of your any of your time. Also, I think that's one of those don't costumes that are just that require way too much explanation to actually be good. So you end up a you turn up mm. at a Halloween party in blackface. And then you have to explain the whole deal. Um, no, it's like it's, no, no. I'm not. not I'm racism. not just a rapper. I'm Chris Lilly doing. Is that here's why Chris Lilly isn't racist when he does blackface? You suddenly find yourself explaining. That's right. Halloween party. All right, all right. Uh, we've got some other questions. Um, friend of the show, Kalski B, asks. Uh, Theo's copped a lot of shit for his nugget habits. Um, Talking about his IBS. So fair dues. Fair dues. What's <laughs> What's the rest of the panel's most embarrassing food habit? I don't see how this is embarrassing. You're only embarrassing yourselves for not eating nuggets <laughs> this way. But please, do share. Hmm. I don't think I have any. I eat very normal. Okay, so to explain to explain this in-joke, because so many of these fucking questions are in-jokes, <laughs> um, I like to... Okay, so I get the six nuggets. They come in the little box. <laughs> You put three nuggets on each side of the box, and then you add just the right amount of sauce to each one, and then they're ready to eat. Um, and the sauce mm. is ketchup. Sorry, I must be specific. Um, it is yes. not sweet and sour. Um, so it's a normal... Even though sweet and sour is the I best I don't agree. Sauce. And it is a normal way to eat nuggets like a normal person, and I don't deserve this. Mm. See, see, I really enjoyed recently. Um, I... I emulated you by posting a photo on Twitter of a box of McDonald's fries and I had individually pre-sourced about 20 fries and people go crazy. People become furious. If you show them a picture of yourself eating food in an unconventional way or the way in which they personally would not eat it, Let's they not become say irrationally ir like you're some... <laughs> Like minority doing it in some slightly weird way. This was a freakish, fucked up way. It's inefficient. It doesn't make any sense. It's time consuming. It looks horrible. It's messy. It's not practical. You see what's happening, Theo? He's getting mad right he now. I'm getting, mad online. He's, he's mad. Uh, he's extremely nude. Um, that that thread. <laughs> but, you're, off. but you're right. That 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 picture I posted had 31 comment threads. On it, and most of them hmm. were people telling me to go kill myself. <laughs> yeah, actually, I noticed that on mine there was quite a gender divide between men saying, um, "You are clearly insane. You need help. Uh, I hope you die," 
and women saying, oh, this is so cute and sweet and pure. And, um, and look at this meal prep. <laughs> I, 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 unbelievable. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I have no embarrassment because I eat all my foods normal like a person would. I dip them into yep. sauce. I put stuff together with stuff that goes together. I'm not fucked up in this regard. Mm. I thought you had an aversion to sauce. Um, because it wasn't how, it wasn't how the chef constructed the dish, so you weren't going to sully it oh. with sauce. I'm not going to add a third party sauce to something. That's if I order a meal uh, and the, a sauce isn't provided with the meal, I'm not going to take another sauce and add it. That's not what the chef intended. That's not what the the kindly cook at McDonald's. Huge bitch words. Um, just mm. <laughs> all right. Put, I'm just saying the... that I respect the culinary arts. I don't know about you guys, because you clearly fucking don't. Hmm. Hmm. All right. That's a contentious issue. <laughs> it, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our last question here. Friend of the show, Burgerdrome, asks, Hey, quick question. What does the S in socialism stand for? <laughs> it stands and, for sick. Uh, I think annoyingly, um, like so many of these things that try and be way too clever, it, it just stands for socialism again. <laughs> oh, I say, um... <laughs> just grinds my gears. Yeah, recursive. A, a recursive acronym. Like, uh, <laughs> PHP. And what's the other one? GNU. Uh, GNU. Uh, look, I I know both of those. I'm gonna I'm not gonna fess up to PHP hypertext processing and GNU not Unix. I believe. Mm. Well, I'm um, I'm just gonna say I think that it stands for solidarity. How about that? I think it stands for suck me off. <laughs> mm. Now that's social. Mar- just keeping in mind that it's not me saying that. Uh, Marx invented the word socialism, so he was telling all of us to suck him off. Uh, mm. which I would do. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. I think we're going to stick a pin in it. Stick a pin in us all being very, very defeated about um, Australia still just being way too into blackface and not enough people being bothered by it. What's our crime pass for this week? Slashing Chris Lilly's tires. Oh, good. Because I always try to think of one that uh, isn't technically inciting murder or violence on someone. Yeah, if you see Chris Lilly's yeah. car, which I assume is uh, way more expensive than he should deserve, uh, mm-hmm. slash his tires. And it's not a crime. Yeah. Just be sure to tell the cops that uh, we said it was okay and that it's not a crime. Mm. We, need to, um, we need to put up like a, a certificate on the website that you can print out. We should and, start uh, doing that. That's, just fill in. That's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> I, your name here, hereby acknowledge that I've been granted uh, carte blanche yeah. by the Bunch of Easter Crime Pass uh, for the following crime. Yep. Valid from Wednesday until the Wednesday of the following week. Uh, I cannot face legal repercussions for my actions. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll think about putting up that um, wildly legally irresponsible uh, document <laughs> on our brand new website, buntavista.com. Mm. Uh, we now have a buntavista.com with all of the all the episodes on there, um, all the ways to get the show and plug it into the thing you like listening to the show on. Uh, and also, there's a Facebook page now. So if you're the kind of weird chump who likes to spend a bunch of time on Facebook sharing things, uh, then go ahead. Get around that. 
I hear it's a great <laughs> get- way to, to engage with our content. Mm, I hear that Facebook is a great way to share our um, uh, diarrhea joke heavy content with your grandmother. Mm, let her know. And my grandmother yeah. is on there, so I'll, I'll start sharing oh. now. Thank you. Get all over it. Get all over it, I'm Grandy. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, okay thanks everybody and um we'll see we'll see you beautiful patrons over on the bonus episode all right guys thank you very much and we'll see you soon bye bye